Come on, brother. If you will, let's turn to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I'd sent out the link. I was thankful they had uploaded quickly uh, Brother D. Parks's funeral service. And uh, I prayed for Chris all week. It's a hard thing. And though it's a joyful occasion, uh, it's still a heavy weight on him. And uh, the Lord blessed him. And I was, I was thankful. That was encouraging to me. Here in Psalm 46, we're just going to look at the first verse, and I hope to spend the next couple of weeks here. We can deal with these three selahs. Here in verse 10 where the Lord speaks too. But we'll read the whole psalm. Here in Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. A heathen raged. Kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. And here the Lord speaks. His servant's been writing this the whole time. Now he speaks. Be still and know that I am God. I will be Exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in the earth. Now the writer picks up again. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Throughout this whole psalm, it's kind of repeated. It begins with the Lord as God is our refuge, and it ends with the God of Jacob is our refuge. This is a psalm of refuge, isn't it? Of strength, of Help in time of trouble. It says in verse 1, this is to the chief musician for the sons of Korah. These are wicked people. Are you wicked? A song upon Alamoth. That's, that's as high as you can sing. That's scream it. And make it a piercing noise that those evil, wicked people is going to hear. That's good, isn't it? God is our refuge. God is our refuge. We find refuge in a whole bunch of different things, don't we? Natural man find them in, in things which is unbelievable. When he pierces the heart with that sound, he says, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. He is. Not something else, not a, a system of doctrine, not the right church, not the right preacher, the man that you're following. 
he is. I don't, I don't understand. I've thought about this for two or three days now. I, if any bit of truth has been revealed by God into somebody, how in the world could they stand up and preach anything else? If I didn't have good news to tell, what, I'm going to lie. <laughs> you can do it. No, you can't. <laughs> I, I don't see how people stand up and preach because they, they don't know any better. They, a man will preach what he believes. That's so. Well, we believe those doctrines of grace, always plural, isn't it? We believe those doctrines of grace, we just don't, you know, that can offend people and so and so don't like hearing that. Or, you know, we've got that. We can move on to bigger things. That's not good news. God's, I'm a, I'm a son of Korah. I'm a wicked, good for nothing sinner that was a rebel against God and with a piercing high pitch, like a laser beam. <laughs> he hit me in the heart and, and exploded revealed into me god is my refuge not my location not my family not all those other things he's my strength and we'll look at the wording of this at the very end but very present present help in trouble he's there he's present and a help in trouble he's our refuge it's not a what is our refuge it's a who is our refuge Turn over to Isaiah 28. Just a couple books there to your right. Isaiah 28. Without the Lord speaking to us that he is our refuge, natural man comes into this world thinking they already have refuge. We, we, we build up our own buildings. We do our own Set up our own perimeters and defenses, don't we? Here in Isaiah 28, look at verse 14. Isaiah 28, 14. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Primary, primarily, the Lord's speaking to preachers. That's what he's talking to. All the scornfuls, preachers that's out there. But also all the scornful people too. <laughs> that's everybody. He said, because ye have said... We have made a covenant with death. And with hell are we at agreement. I made my peace. I've made a covenant. When this when this end that's ever appointed to all men, I'm good. I've made a covenant. I've decided. I just woke up this morning. I wanted to go to heaven. You don't say. Natural man, the scornful, they, they make a covenant with death. They, with hell, they are at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. We're fine, for we have made lies our refuge. And under falsehood, we have hid ourselves. What do you make a, who does natural man make a covenant with? Death. So we can do something whenever we die. We got a good, it ain't got nothing to do with the ever-living God, does it? Nothing to do with his son that he sent. Nothing to do with his merit and his person. Making a deal with death. Who made this covenant, this refuge? Many people say, I made my peace with God. I have a refuge. I've made my peace with God. The Lord said, here in our text, it says God's our refuge. What did he say when he walked this earth? When God walked this earth, he said, These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In me you might have a refuge. You might have safety and, and 
perseverance and preservation in me, in him, in God. He's our refuge. Look at verse 16, Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. You've made these covenants with death and all this nonsense is going to burn. I've laid in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away all the refuge of lies. And the water shall overflow the hiding places. Whenever the Lord lays, when he comes as our refuge and he lays Christ that cornerstone, all of a sudden, here's what's going to happen. You're going to turn from your idols. You don't say, I was still saved back then underneath that false gospel and all this nonsense of delusion. You'll say, that was wrong. I was going to die. <laughs> but God, he came to me. And he revealed Christ to me. And that's the only rock worth standing I have to have him. He's got to be the refuge, doesn't he? Everything else is lies. It's a lie, isn't it? How can a person know if they're trusting in a refuge of lies? First thing that come to my mind, who made the covenant? If you have a refuge, a covenant that, that is, is what makes you happy and makes, lets you sleep at night, who made it? He said all the scorn, all the heathen. They made it themselves, didn't they? What that sweet psalmist of Israel? What did David say whenever he laid on his deathbed? He said, I've sorted these things out with the big man upstairs. Hogwash. What blasphemy. What irreverence. He said, although my house be not so with God, I'm a son of Korah. That's all I am. I'm a wicked wretch. It's nothing. Yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant. He did it. Ordered in all things and sure. That's every jot, every tittle from the beginning, the continuance and the culmination. It's all. He did it. He did it. He's my refuge. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. I want to be found in him, in my refuge. Isn't it? To have the saving covenant and not have a, a refuge of lies. Where is it? Lord went to Mo or came to Moses, didn't he? Moses said, "Lord, show me your glory. I want to see your glory." And and, and as the Lord grows us in grace and shows us who He is, we we get the little words He says and we stand on it. Don't we? Well, the Lord's glory is that He'll be gracious to whom will be gracious, and He'll have mercy on who will have mercy, and be compassionate to whom will be compassionate. And that's true. And as we grow a little further, and He He's more of our refuge, and we learn more about this city of refuge that He is. We see his glory in that he put Moses in the cleft of the rock. That sure foundation, that tried cornerstone. <laughs> you want to see God be glorious? He's going to take wicked sinners and put them in his son. And he's going to be just and the justified. That's amazing. Amen. We're going to worship him. We're going to thank him for that. That's a refuge, isn't it? Sure. He said, I'll put thee in the cleft of the rock and I'll cover thee with my hand while I pass by because if you look on my face, you're going to die and I'm going to keep you alive. I gave you life and I'm going to preserve that life because you're in my son. You're in Christ. Look over at Isaiah 32. The Lord called Christ the chief cornerstone, the rock. And he told Moses, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And he said, God's my refuge. Look here in Isaiah 32, verse 1. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, 
and princes shall rule in judgment. And a man, a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. What is this stone? What is this cleft of the rock? What is this city of refuge? It's a person. It's a man. The God-man. Almighty God. The triune God. And it, it, it manifold wisdom and glory was manifested in a human body born of a woman. That's a great mystery. That's a great mystery. Isn't it? He's, in the, he's the ark. That's our refuge for Noah. And those great waters come. To be in him. He's that city of refuge for the manslayer. You ever killed anybody? <laughs> Maybe not with your, with your trigger finger, but with your mind. You ever been angry? We have to run to him, flee to him. He's the cleft. He's our refuge, isn't he? Look here in our text. Psalm 46. Verse 1. To the chief musician for the sons of Korah, song upon Alamoth, God is our refuge. That's who he is. Safe in him. And strength. Was a refuge enough? That's good news, isn't it? It gets better. He's our strength. He's our strength. I thought a lot about strength this week. I was thinking of Brother Andre. I went to the gym with some of my friends in the Army one time, and I never lifted weights. And uh, they said, well, let's see what, how you do. And I did the bench press. I said, how was that? And they said, well, you know, we need to work on some things. And I did a squat. And they said, how was that? And they said, well, we need, we need to work on some things. And I did the, that row. You grab it and pull. And they said, do that again. And they moved the thing. And I did it. And, and then they did, moved the thing again. I did it. And they said, that's, that's pretty good. And I said, is it? What, is that a lot? They go, yeah, that's a whole lot. <laughs> we don't even know what strength is, do we? Anytime we think we're strong, we're not. Anytime we think we're weak, it's like, oh, this is easy. I can pull this all day long. Ain't nothing to that. I'm going to end up looking like a hunchback in Notre Dame someday, just that one little muscle getting strong. We understand what strong is with the strength of the body, don't we? With the muscles. We pick things up, put things down. But this is speaking more of the power. God's our strength. He can move mountains and do, do things. But speaking of his power, that's the source of strength is power, isn't it? He's the first cause of everything that's our strength. His power is. He's the cause of us being alive. Any strength that we have in our bodies because we're physically alive. He did that. He is the power that we move by. It's his strength that I breathe in and out, that the heart beats, that the blood pumps, that we take one step in front of the other, don't we? That's his doing. He's the strength. He's the strength by which we were sustained. So it read Acts 17, for in him, God who is our refuge, the Lord Jesus Christ. In him we live. That's where life is. We move. Is that me walking from here to the door? Yeah, that too. And have our being. That means right now and to come. And all that strength, it's not just for physical needs and actions. We're alive spiritually because Christ is our strength. But Paul, Paul spoke several times throughout 2 Corinthians about that, about being weak and the Lord being our strength. He said in 2 Corinthians 12, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities when I'm sick and I'm, this body's weak and in reproaches and in necessities in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak and I brought to my wits end and I said, I can't do this. I can't. 
I mean, that's a long trip. We think we're there, don't we? You know, that's six miles to go. Brought to nothing. Now I'm strong. Why? God is my refuge and my strength. He's going to train his child up. He's a good and faithful father. And because he loves a people, he's going to send trials and afflictions and those things to bring us to nothing. He's just a jellyfish laying on the floor. And you say, he's my strength. That's true. He, he said that. He's telling the truth. That's so. That's, and a child of God don't go around bragging and put on a bumper sticker. Oh, well, the Lord strengthens me. No, if you learn what that means, you say, God's my strength. God's my strength. Before Paul tells us about putting on that whole armor of God, he said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Before you're put on a helmet, before you're put on a vest, before you're put on a sword, gird up your loins, you be strong in him. He's our strength. God's our strength in this world and providence and our moving through this life, isn't it? That's what Paul was writing there in Romans 13. He said, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. The Lord's put them there. For there is no power but of God. Nobody has strength. Nobody has power unless it comes from him. He's the one that did it. The powers that be are ordained of God. Paul said, I got a thorn in my flesh. And that great apostle used to write so, so the bulk of the New Testament. Labored more than them all. Wasn't around preaching more than them all. And he said, Lord, I have this thorn. I'm glad he didn't tell us what it was. We'd worship the thorn. And he said, take this from me. He asked three times. In perfection, he asked. I mean, he, he, physically three times, or probably kept asking, 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 asking. And the Lord said, my strength, my grace, my power. Can you separate them? Okay. He said, it's sufficient. I'm your refuge. I'm your strength. Isn't it? Through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we live, we move, and we have our being. And that's our physical life. We learn from that. And our spiritual life. And our physical walk in this world. And our spiritual walk in this world. And our physical and spiritual continuation in either one. It's him. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. There's people in churches all over this world today. Billions of them going to church, isn't there? How strong is your God's hand? You got a pinky finger in it? You got to sanctify yourself? You got to, well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll hang on to the good parts of the hand. He says, they're in my hand. No man's going to pluck them out of That's it. It's not that God said it. I believe it. So, and it's so. Uh-uh. He said it. It's so. We'll come to believe it. We'll come to thank you for it. But it's so. He said, my father, which gave them me, those sheep that hear his voice, that come to him, that follow him. He's greater than all. No man's able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Well, how did he say that? We're in his hand and we're in the father's hand. He said, me and the father's one. That's two hands. That's good hands, isn't it? He's our strength. It says here in verse 1, God is our refuge and strength. He's our place of salvation for eternity. He's our, our being. He's our life. Our life. He's our strength. And a very present 
help and trouble. People keep, we keep changing our language as time goes on. People want to be heard. And well, if you tell me, I want, I want you to hear me. Well, then I, I had to hear you to hear. I don't know what that means, right? And then always document, well, what's a woman? What is a woman? That's all going around. You ever seen what God says about it? That's a thought, isn't it? And I don't hear that blasting on the airwaves, on the internet wires. What's God say? Well, we don't want to talk about that. That offends our precious little lives, doesn't it? People say, I want you to be present. And I want to be, I don't know what that means in our time, to be present, to be there, to be in it, to be engaged with people, right? God, our refuge, our strength for his people, a very present help in trouble. You know that's his name? Jehovah Shema. Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there. We looked at that a couple of years ago there in Ezekiel 48. And it said about uh, the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. That's the name of that wonderful city he has. What He's there. <laughs> that's, that's glory, isn't it? Where he is. That doesn't mean he's just there and he's going to govern or, or he's going to just monitor everything. He's there in a way of grace. This one who's our refuge, our strength, he's present with his people in, in help and trouble. Very present in a way of grace, in a way of mercy, in a way of salvation, in a way of love and tenderness and kindness and in leadership and in healing. He's very present. He's our life. Jehovah Shema means the Lord is there to make himself known to his people and to dwell with them in unity for eternity. I want the child of God to see proof that Jehovah Shema, the Lord's there in the past and present and forever. He's omnipresent. We know that. He's everywhere. But he's with his people, always has been. And, and looking for them and looking in that love that he had for them before the world was. That's what Revelation 13 says. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This refuge, this strength always has been. Always everlasting love. We can't enter into those things. It's really long. That's about the best we can come up with, isn't it? It's everlasting. He's present throughout our lives. Remember Jacob, he fell asleep on those pillows of stone and he dreamed that ladder went up to heaven and the Lord stood above it and he gave word to Jacob that the land he was on, he's going to give to him and his seed and the Lord was going to bless it. Why? He said in Genesis 8 or 28, 15, he said, and behold, I'm with thee. I'm very present. Is he just there? He's very present. I'm very with thee. Well, I don't see him. He said so. He's with his people. The Lord was there in every sacrifice throughout these prophets that we read through, isn't it? And throughout the Psalms and Old Testament. He's in every picture. He's in every type. He's in the tabernacle. In every feast, he's the Passover. He's the high priest. He was there. That's him. That smitten rock that followed Israel through the wilderness, gave them living water. That's him. He was there. That brazen serpent lifted up on a pole. That's him. There he is. You read that? There he is. You see, we're going to see something next hour, too. Be like, oh, that is him. There he is. Very present. Every page. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar threw him in that furnace, heated up seven times hotter than it was designed to handle. The people that threw him in died. 
And Nebuchadnezzar looked in and said, there's, there's a refuge in there. Got to be around them people. They ain't burning. There must be some strength in there. Looks like a son of God. He's there. He came and he was present on this earth as our substitute. He lived a perfect life. He, he died bearing our sin. And he rose from that grave victorious over all things that are against us. What's against us? You name it. That's what he took care of. And, and very present with each one of them. In person, he handled it. And where is he now? This omnipresent God is on his throne. This one who is our refuge. This one who is our strength. And he dwells in the heart of his people. That's where he abides. Where is our present Lord and God now? He said, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. My brother preached that the other day. Behold, lo, I'm with you always. How long's that? Until the end of the world, until you're with me. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. O be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Every trial, every joy, every moment of loneliness. Jehovah Shema is there. He's there, very present. Why? Hebrews 7 says, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's a good refuge. That's the only strength that they're ever going to be. And he's with us. With us. He hasn't left us to ourselves. Here in Psalm 46, verse 1. Who's this to again? To the chief musician for the sons of Korah. Nobody earned this. He did it. There's nothing in us that, that merited this. We're just sons of Korah. A song upon Alamoth. Scream this from the hills. As high pitched as you can get it. God is our refuge. He's the only refuge. The only refuge from a holy God we offended is the holy God. It's him. He's the strength, and he's a very present help in trouble. I highlighted the word help. You, you, you give a gospel principle, and you explain the meaning of things in light of the gospel of Christ and him crucified, and then somebody have a one-off. Well, now he did say, oh, and justify whatever it is nonsense they're standing on by, by one thing. Or Nashville, Mississippi. He's a, now he's going to help us. We won't have to do a lot of the lifting. No. You know what that word help is? That's tenderness. That's compassion. That's an approachable God. Do you know that? He delights to show mercy. And his son, who's our refuge and our strength, he said, I, I'm going to help you. <laughs> you didn't help. You did it all. That's what you did. Didn't when the Lord said, he said, come, let us reason together. Well, you're going to sit down and argue with God and maybe have a chance of winning? No. He's speaking in terms we can understand. Isn't it? That's a, that's a compassionate God. He said, I'll help you. I'll be right there with you. You in trouble? I'll help. You'll call on me. And that's going to work in reverse. And I have no strength. You have to be my refuge. He's my refuge. I'm strengthening. He's with me always. Just keeps flowing back and forth. I pray the Lord to reveal himself as the only refuge and the only strength and that he'd be present with his people in time of trouble as their only help. Amen. Let's pray together.
Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for Christ, your word, our God and our Lord, who's our refuge, our our everything. All we bring is trouble. How patient and tender and kind he is to us. That's rebellious children. Lord, thank you for this salvation. Make your praise be ever on our lips. Give us gracious things to come across our lips. What a blessing it is. Thank you for our brethren that you've worked this in and you've revealed yourself to. Lord, be with those that are suffering right now with the trouble that you've sent, that you've allowed, and show them Christ is their strength and refuge and be present with them, the Parks family, as they weep with sorrow for themselves but thankfulness for our brother who's with you. Comfort them, Lord, as only you can. Forgive us for what we are. Be with us this morning. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. All right, brethren, we'll take about 15 minutes and meet back at 1030.